So God, this morning we dive into this topic of adoption. And God, as we think about all of those across the world this morning who wake up without people to love them, we think about how broken that is, God, and we think how you have commanded us, God, that we are to go and that we are to take care of the orphans. But God, sometimes our understanding of words is limited, and and the word orphan actually refers to all of us at some point in our life. And so this morning, God, as we dive into your word in Romans 8, we pray that you would speak to us in exactly the way that you need us to hear you this morning, for you have a lot to say through a small section of scripture, Lord Jesus. And so we are thankful for your son, God. We are thank you, thankful for uh, the way that you have offered us grace and mercy, for the way that you have invited us to be a part of your family. And so speak to us now this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, happy Thanksgiving again, everybody. I'm Pastor Jamie, and uh, we're so glad you're with us. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I don't know about you, but one of the traditions in my home every Thanksgiving is we wake up and we watch the parade. Um, I'm sad to say we live in an era where there's no more Saturday morning cartoons. I remember as a kid, we would wake up on Saturday mornings and there was this ritual that we got into where we would get our cereal and we would sit down in front of the TV and for about two hours we would watch Saturday morning cartoons because they just weren't on the rest of the week. But now they don't have that anymore, so there's very few little traditions like that that I can hand off to my kids, but they still have the Turkey Day Parade. And so we wake up, we put on the Turkey Day Parade, and and we watch this parade, and there's all the amazing floats, and somehow Snoopy's in there every year, and and we were excited to see that. So I don't know if you watched the parade or not, but this year in the parade, there was a a float um, with Annie. Uh, Many of you know the story of little orphan Annie. I remember a couple of years ago, I took my children to one of the local schools here, was was, uh, doing a production of that. We had some students in it, and we went and saw Annie. And so ever since then, my daughter, I think, wants to be an orphan. She loves Annie. She's, I want Daddy Warbucks. I want a dog. And you have a dog, Becca, and you have a dad. Uh, but anyway, and so she's just, she loves Annie. And so one of the floats on Thanksgiving morning, you probably saw this, was a little orphan Annie. There's a new movie coming out. And, and there was an Annie float. And so there she is, Annie, the actress who plays her, on the float, singing It's a Hard Knock Life. And so for the rest of Thanksgiving, my kids are running around singing It's a Hard Knock Life. And my father-in-law asks me, what's going on in your house? Do we need to talk? (laughs) No, they're just in love with Annie. And so I started, you know, processing what I'm going to preach about this morning and thinking about how all of us really do love the story of Annie, don't we? I I mean, I'm a man's man. I'm I'm ruined to sports and hunting and fishing, but I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you. I, I really enjoy the story Annie. I mean, who doesn't? It's a story of a rags-to-riches little girl who nobody wants, nobody loves, nobody cares for, and then all of a sudden, Daddy Warbucks, with that bald head of his, sweeps into the picture, and thinking that he's rescuing her, takes her in, and she ends up rescuing him, and it's this beautiful story of reconciliation, and how somebody who, who by society standards, people say is a throwaway, really is endeared and loved. And, And the reality is, folks, that all of us can relate to that story because of our sinful condition. Because you see, originally we were created perfect. We were created to belong to something. And when sin entered this world through Adam and Eve's first sin, that relationship was fractured and we became orphans. 
And so the reason why we can all cheer for a story like Annie is because it is our story. Because each and every one of us, in some capacity, is an orphan, or was an orphan. I think if you're sitting in this room this morning, and you're adopted, you get this biblical principle better than anybody. Because you've experienced that kind of selfless love that we just read about in Romans 8. But for those of us who who haven't been earthly adopted, I, I think we can miss the power and the significance of what Paul is stating in Romans 8 right here. And so this morning we're going to be talking about adoption. And so as we start, I want to focus on spiritual adoption because as you see, we are all lost children. We are all lost. We are all orphans. But there's somebody like a Daddy Warbucks in our life who wants to adopt us, you see. There's somebody in our life who loves us, not because of anything that we've done, not because of anything special that we bring. It's just because this person loves us because they want an object for their affection and they chose us. And it's God. He loves you. He wants you to be his child. I think we're confused when we think that we're all already God's children. Every single one of us on earth is God's child. And, and I want to challenge you with your thinking there because the Bible tells us that unless we have confessed Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're not one of God's children. We're in fact condemned to hell unless we confess Christ as our King. And wouldn't it be silly for us to remain an orphan? Wouldn't it be silly if the story of Annie went like this? Daddy Warbucks says, hey, Annie, I want to adopt you. And she goes, no, thanks, I'm good. I've got this figured out. I'm independent, Annie. (laughs) I'm a little independent, Annie. I don't need you. Can you imagine that? We would scream in the movie theaters. What are you thinking? What are you doing? He loves you. He wants to take care of you. He's going to bless you. Not to mention he's Daddy Warbucks and he's loaded. (laughs) Right? Do you know God's loaded? Do you know God has everything? And he wants to give it to you. That in fact, when you're adopted, and a lot of you who are adopted, you know this story, that when you're adopted, it's not like you're just a sidekick to the family. No, you, you are the family. You're in the family. In fact, until someone re- reminds somebody in your family that you're adopted, you forget that because you're just family, right? I mean, we don't look around as brothers and sisters in Christ and say, um, I, think, I think you're one of my brothers and sisters in Christ. No, you are my brother and sister in Christ. Because when we know Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we have been adopted into the family. So if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn to Romans 8. And I want to encourage you this. Romans 8, if you ever need Scripture on how to share the Gospel, or if you ever need Scripture on how to talk to somebody about Jesus, Romans 8. Remember, just, just say Romans 8 out loud right now. Romans 8. This is a money piece of Scripture. You want to remember and you want to read Romans 8. In fact, I'm giving you all homework. Today, I want you to read the entire chapter. Because Romans 8 is a fantastic piece of Scripture that I really feel like I'm not doing justice unless I preach the entire chapter. We just don't have time for that this morning. So I want to encourage you, go home and read Romans 8. Paul's writing from a place in a Roman society. And in the previous parts of this chapter, he's saying that you no longer have to live to your sinful desires. You no longer live to that sinful spirit because, see, Jesus has set you free. 
He's speaking specifically to people who are putting their faith in Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you this morning, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ this morning, you are set free from your sinful desires. Your, well, not desires, your sinful nature. God has given you the opportunity and ability to just overcome that through what he has done in you. And so when we sin, it's because we're, we're given up. It's because we're given in. God has given us a victory over those things. We just have to cling to that. And so Paul here is telling him, telling these folks that you no longer have to live according to sin because you are the children of God. Now, when we hear these words that we're children of God, we think, okay, God looks at us like us. He's one of our kids, and that's fantastic. But as I said earlier, unless you've actually been adopted on earth here, this can very easily miss significance. And so what I want to do is I want to break down for you what it looked like to adopt somebody in the Roman Empire. Adoption was actually a very serious thing. In fact, there was one of the Caesars adopted somebody so that they could become the Caesar. In fact, adoption wasn't something that just took place with children. Oftentimes in the Roman Empire, adoption took place, let's say that you have a business partner or somebody and you ran out of daughters and you didn't have a way to include them in the family. There was a type of adoption that you could do where you could just adopt someone as a member of your family. I've heard lots of you say, this, is, this guy's a brother to me. Or this is just, he's like, he's like my adopted grandmother. Or, yeah, my adopted grandfather. Wow, if you say that, we got to get counseling quick. But you hear what I'm saying? And so we have that kind of, in our society where we adopt people into our family and we say they're part of the family. But in the Roman Empire, it was, it was a legit way of adopting people and, and it actually held legal ramifications. But there was another way of adopting and that's kind of the adoption that we know. It's where you became part of the family. It's where from the time of, of, of your childhood, you became part of the family. And there's four keys in this adoption. The first one is, is when you're adopted in the Roman Empire, you received a completely new name. You got a new name. And so if, if I were being adopted, my name would no longer be James Brandon Kendrew. I would be given a new name. Because you see, in the Roman Empire, when you're adopted, you are separated from the past. The second thing was, you got a new name. And the second thing was, is you then became a rightful heir if you can imagine in your mind that you're adopted in the Roman Empire and then your parents had children after that, you would still hold the place of the firstborn. Because when you're adopted, it's, it's not like just this haphazard thing. You're accepted into the family, and so you're given a new name. You're given the name of the family. You bear that name. You're an ambassador for that family. And then you become an heir to all that the Father has. So when you're adopted, you are now a recipient of all of Daddy Warbucks' stuff. You see the correlations we're starting to pick out here? In the Roman Empire, when you were adopted, the third thing is, your whole entire old life is a complete, it's obliterated from history. Let's say you're adopted as an older person, and maybe in your 20s, and you've accumulated a lot of debt. You've accumulated a lot of stuff and junk and reputations in your life. Well, when you were adopted in that society, every aspect of your old life was wiped away. Every debt, every bill, everything. And a form of celebration and a form of ceremony, it was all gone. Wouldn't that be great to be adopted and to have all of your debts, all of your sins, all of your mistakes, 
All of the sins of your parents, all the sins of your fathers just completely wiped away and you get a fresh start in a new family with a new name as a complete heir to the throne? The fourth thing is, you are considered absolutely part of the family. In fact, there was a ceremony that would take place in the Roman Empire when you were adopted. There was the father of your previous life, the the previous father would show up at a merchant's place and there would be this way, this scale where they would put gold and there would be a representative sale of you. So your old father would sell you to the new father. Then the old father would buy you back from the new father. Then the new father would buy you back for even more from the old father. And then the old father would then again for a second time sell you to the new father. And for a second time, the new father would buy you back from the old father for even more. And then the third time, the old father wouldn't buy you back. And you would become a part of this new family. That was the ceremony that they did. There was a significant price to adoption that came. And so as we read this scripture, I want us to keep that in mind. For, for, for those of us in here that, that can't relate to this, this is a significant moment. This is a significant commitment adoption is. Because you see, someone's saying, I love you. I'm going to give my life for you. I want you to be part of my family. I want you to be an heir to all that I have. I want you to bear my name. I want you to be a representative of me and my family because you are family. So in Romans 8, we read this portion of Scripture that says this, Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it's not to the sinful nature. It's a living according to it. For if you... Live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba. And I know a lot of you know this But that word Abba is a very specific, very intimate way of saying Daddy. I remember as a young kid, I didn't have a dad, and and there was a lot of circumstances there, but I remember just driving on the school bus, watching a dad playing basketball with their kid after school, and I would see that on the streets, and I would just get so angry. Because in my heart, I just longed for that relationship. I longed to be wanted. I longed to be loved. Every single one of us is longing to be loved. We're longing to be in relationship, aren't we? God loves you. God desires a relationship with you. He wants to adopt you as his own child. And when he adopts you as his own child, it goes on to say this, the Spirit himself testifies that with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Think about that. God's inviting you to be a part of his family, to sit at the table, to represent his name, to be his family. He's inviting you to be co-heirs with Christ. 
And as Christians, we're being invited to participate in the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And is that always going to be easy? No. But the scripture tells us that if we share in his sufferings, we will share in his glory. And one day, it's going to be like Christmas. It's going to be like Thanksgiving. We're all going to get to go home to Abba's house. We're going to get to go home to our father's house, our our father who's adopted every single one of us. That's why we call each other brothers and sisters, because we believe that. We believe that we've been adopted by God. We believe that through what Jesus did on the cross, we are the sons and daughter of God. And if we share in his sufferings here on earth, we one day will share in his glory. That's good news this morning, isn't it? I want you to think about that imagery of God purchasing you at a price. And even though we go back to the things of old, he purchases us. He doesn't give up on us because he wants us to be a part of the family because he loves us, not because he has to, not because there's some strategic uh, implements to this. No, it's because he just simply loves you and says, you're one of mine. Are you one of God's this morning? Have you confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you given that old life to death? Have you gotten rid of it? I mean, we did say that in adoption, all your debts are forgiven. All the things are washed away, every blemish, every spot. And and we live these lives every day where we hold on to ugly things. We hold on to the gross things and we don't forgive ourselves of brokenness. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care what you have done in your life, what you have gone through, God is willing to wipe those things away. He just wants you at that dinner table. He wants you to be one of his children. He wants you to accept his son as your Lord and Savior. And he wants you to be obedient to him. He wants you to live a life for life, not a life for death. I once heard it said that in order to get to hell, you have to run over God to get there. I think that's absolutely true. Because our God wants us He loves us. He desires for you to be a part of the family. And that is so good. We live in a world today where there's orphans all over, like the story of Annie. There's spiritual orphans all over the place, but we also live in a world where there's there's physical orphans. There's people without parents. There's there's kids right now across our country and across our world that that will go to bed tonight not not knowing if anybody on this earth cares about them, not knowing if anybody loves them, not knowing that there are thousands and thousands of people who would love to adopt them just because they want to pour love onto somebody. Here in our church, we've had a family that has really represented what God is talking about with with sticking through the adoption because you see, when, when we're looking at this adoption process, it's not something that we're to take easy and easily. In fact, when we, we look at this whole significant scripture here, we see four key things. One, we see this. We see that as Christians, we're to put to death our sinful nature. The second thing we see is that we're to put to death any identity that we have outside of Christ. See, as Americans, all the time we find our identity in the wrong things. Do you know who you are this morning? Do you know who you are this morning? You're who God says you are not anybody else. And who God says you are, according to what we just read, he says, you're one of mine. 
And so as we think about adoption, we think, who are the people out there that are going to step up and who are going to love these little kids that, that will go to bed tonight with nobody? Who are the people out there that will say, you are one of mine? What's your role in the family? Maybe you can't have children. Maybe God has blessed you with the ability to not have children so that you could reach out to somebody who has had children and can't take care of them. Did you ever think maybe God blessed you with that? That God had a plan for that? Because he does. Because God wants us as believers to take care of orphans in the same way that God took care of his orphans. The fourth thing we learn from all this is that it's not going to be easy. That we have to share in Christ's sufferings in order to share in his glory. And I'm going to tell you right now, all throughout our life we're going to experience hardships. And adoption itself is difficult. We're going to hear a story here in a minute minute about how adoption is not necessarily for the the lighthearted. It's not necessarily for the weak. Because you see, in order to, to work towards something beautiful, in order to gain something beautiful, sometimes it takes effort. Just like when God sacrificed his son, Jesus Christ, for us on the cross so that he could adopt us. He gave up quite a bit. Again, not because he had to, but because he wanted to, because he loved us, because he loved you. So right now, I want to invite the Greco family to come forward. And Darlene Greco is recently ch- taking on the challenge here in our church of um, really tackling a, um, an issue of adoption within the world. And so as they're coming forward, I want to have you check out this video. When we were orphans, we had a voice. We had someone who stood up for us and who spoke up for us, and that person was Jesus Christ. But in our world, as I said earlier, we have orphans all over the place, and so many of them don't have a voice. But I'm very happy to say here at Christ Church, we have a voice for our orphans. And that voice comes from Miss Darlene Greco here. And so I just want to introduce Darlene, her husband Tim, Sessie and Kira, uh, her sons Joseph, Jameson, and their daughter Makeda to everybody today. They can give them a round of applause. <laughs> Darlene is coordinating uh, an effort here called Orphan Alliance that I'm going to have her tell you a little bit about here in a second. And um, so we just want to invite her to the stage to tell you folks a little bit about um, what it is that they're doing and how they're championing this cause of adoption. Darlene? Uh, Good morning, everyone. It's an honor and a privilege to be here this morning on behalf of the orphan. This is my family, my husband, Tim, my oldest daughters, Ceci and Kira, our sons, Joseph and Jameson, and our beautiful blessing, Makeda Burdekon, who became part of our family through adoption in 2012. The goal of the Orphan Alliance here in our church is to equip the body to care for the orphan through prayer, social justice issues, mentoring, missions, foster care, and adoption. Christ Church already has some amazing ministries in place that are caring for the vulnerable, at-risk, and abandoned youth and children, such as Urban Impact, Young Lives, Choices Pregnancy Services, and Bethany. My role in this partnership is to be a link between the Orphan Alliance and our church. I will be a resource to connect our church body to those who may desire more information on a topic related to the orphan including adoption, which is our focus today, and I will be an advocate for the needs of the orphan. 
Our family can attest to, and I'm sure any other adoptive families in our congregation can agree, that adoption is not for the faint of heart. It is a calling and an act of obedience. For us, what was supposed to be a six to 12 month wait for our blessing became a four year journey of trust and faith. Because adoption is such a powerful representation of redemption, the enemy seems to work overtime in creating havoc. It is not easy, but it is beautiful. And we all know the great lengths that our father went through to adopt us into his family. So we encourage you to seek the Lord. Is he calling you to adopt? Not everyone is called to adopt, but scripture does make it clear that we are all called to care for the orphan. So please stop at the Orphan Alliance table out in the foyer today and get more information about adoption or how you can care for the orphan beyond adoption. We'd also ask if you are involved with orphan care at all, whether you've adopted or fostered yourself, if you wouldn't mind sharing your experiences with others in our church. Please provide your contact information. There's a space out there you can sign up and help become part of the Christchurch at Grove Farm Orphan Network Alliance. And encourage others in the body who may be walking those roads and have questions and share your own experiences to help them along. So I thank you for your time, and I look forward to seeing you guys at the table. I know that I'm excited about um, partnering with with this and and moving forward with the Orphan Alliance and what God's going to do there. And I do want to challenge you that if if God has been putting it in your heart, um, and maybe you've even kept it secret from your spouse, adoption, 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 you just haven't said anything because you're just... You're just not sure. I want to challenge you to have the hard conversation. Maybe you could talk with Darlene and some of the folks maybe that are going to be in the network or, um, about this. And as she said, you know, there's ways to be involved in the life of an orphan other than just adoption. You know, I was thinking about some time I spent in Kenya. There was a little couple, and they had a, they had a little baby on their back, and they would walk by. And, and I came to the realization that they were about eight years old, and they would hold hands and the, the little guy had a little straw hat on, and they just were this little couple. They looked like a, a little painting or something. And I re- remember asking somebody at the church, what's the story with those kids? And they said, well, they're orphans. And I said, oh, well, and they have a little one. And they said, yeah, that's their little sister. But they looked like this little married couple walking around, eight years old with this little baby. And I remember walking them up to them and asking them questions and saying, you know, how do you feel being orphans? And they looked at me and they said, we're not orphans, we are family. And so there's a way to care for one another. Adoption's not always what's needed. They then began to instruct me in how their church loved them and took care of them and that all their needs were met. And so church, I pray that alongside of the Orphan Alliance and and, and with all of you, that we can be a church that loves orphans, whether through adoption, whether through just helping to take care of our brothers and sisters who need care for But God's good. And each one of us has been adopted by God when we confess Christ as our Lord and Savior. So let us be a church that cares for those who need cared for. Father, we love you and we thank you. And we pray for the Greco family right now and and all that they have going on. And as they become that voice for the voiceless, as they become a mouthpiece for the adoption and for the orphan here in Christ Church and across Pittsburgh, God, we pray that you will bless them that you will work in their ministry, God, that you will um, help them to cause conviction where it's needed, God, but help to bring assurance where it's needed as this is a, a tough, long process. And maybe there's just some of those out there that just need encouraged through this process, God. And so we pray for this ministry. We pray that you would bless them and that you would keep them. 
We do pray for all of those out there who are earthly orphans, God. We also lift up all of those out there right now, God, that are spiritually still orphans, that do not realize that they have somebody who loves them and who wants them and who desires for them to be a part of their family, not in a ceremonious kind of way, but in a genuine, you are my family kind of way. God, we have experienced that as believers, and so I pray that you would convict our hearts as to be ones who would go out and love others in that same way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.